This is Wiffer Karen, and I love listening to Will Write for Wine. Oh, yeah. This is Wiffer Mac, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Hello, this is Wiffer Kim from Colorado, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Yay! Hi, this is Wiffer Lily, and I'm listening to Will Write for Wine. This is Wiffer Don, and you're listening to Will Write for Wine. Hello, this is Wiffer Melissa, and you're listening to Will Write for Wine. This is Wiffer Wayne, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. This is Wiffer Ambroise, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Hi, this is Knocked Up Wiffer Susan, and you're listening to Will Write for Wine. Cheers! Hi, this is Wiffer Renee, and you've made the excellent choice of listening to my girls, Sam and Lonnie, on Will Write for Wine. Hi, this is Wiffer Pimp, my mixer Pam, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Take it away, girls. Thank, Thank you, you Whiffers. Welcome to Will Write for Wine, a podcast about wine, writing, and song. But mostly wine and writing, you're glad to know. <laughs> Except for maybe tonight. Tonight there's a little song, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Samantha Graves. And tonight's show is the second part of our two-part show on GMC. Mm-hmm. So that's Goal Motivation. Right. And and the C would be conflict for right. those of you who missed part one, which is show the last show, 46. Yes, this is the only two-parter we've ever done, isn't it? I know, it really is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, not that it really matters that much. But anyway, yes, that was goal and motivation. So tonight, <laughs> we're just talking about conflict. And if you're lucky, we might even fight about it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm in a pretty good mood. <laughs> I have wine tonight. We have our tonight. best fights when we're in good moods, you know? <laughs> I know. Being in a bad mood is just about, I don't know, differing opinions. Uh-huh. You know, when, you, yeah. when you're friends like us, I mean, <laughs> you know, we've been really close friends for like three or four years now. So, you yeah. know, we've kind of gotten to the point where we're like, blah, 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 you know, and they were like, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> oh, shut up. I know. It usually ends in, oh, shut up. And then we just continue. <laughs> My God, we're turning into guys. <laughs> No, we're turning into old ladies. We're turning into. We're turning into the ladies who sit on the porch. All right. Yell at the UPS guy when he goes by. All right. Now I'm not so sure if I want to be an old lady or a guy. <laughs> Which is worse? I don't know. It's like the one half a dozen of the other. Okay. Well, anyway, that's later in this podcast. Wine comes first. So, Lonnie, what right. are you drinking tonight? Well, you know. There were some people on the forums who suggested that during the last podcast, I was a little insensitive to you. No. I kept making you drink the stout and laughing when you said, No. (laughs) So in deference to what what some may say was insensitivity, what Uh I say was just me not letting a good opportunity pass. (laughs) Tonight, I am drinking a truly terrible wine. No. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I do it for you, Whiffers, to give you to give It's you a fair guilt shot. wine. Woo-hoo. It is. It's guilt wine. It's guilt wine because they said that. They were like, that was mean. I was like, oh, God, you know it was. But it was so much fun. They did? I didn't really care at the time. Yes, I didn't you hear... didn't see the thing where no. like, oh, Lonnie's so mean. She picks on Sam. Poor Sam. Oh, I, I didn't even see that. Oh, I got to go I'm back really and find nice. that. I know. They were all defending your honor and everything. They were like, oh, you're mean. Okay, but who was the one who, like, made her drink the stout in the first place? Was that me? No. But anyway, okay. But you did enjoy it. I, I really yeah. did. It was funny. <laughs> but anyway, so I picked, uh, just, you know, to, to do my penance, I picked uh, a Tisdale White Zinfandel. No year. I mean, oh. a regular White Zinfandel with a year is bad. I'm not a fan of White Zin. I don't yeah. know why. I, well, actually, no, that's a lie. I know why I bought this. During the podcast where I was doing the $10 and under wine, uh-huh. 
this wine was like four ninety five, and I think I have oh. their like either their Chardonnay or their something that wasn't bad. It was like a Pinot or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I had I had a Tisdale and it wasn't bad, mm-hmm. and I picked up the White Zen. I don't know why because it was it was four ninety five, and if there's a bottle of wine for four ninety five, I have to try it. <laughs> I just I can't not try it. So, um, so I picked it up and I took a sip and I was like, Oh, no way am I drinking this for the podcast. And then it was, it's been sitting in my you know cabinet ever since. And so, oh. so I thought, okay, tonight I have a really good wine for next week. It's already picked out. It's the one I bought in New York that we didn't drink. So, Oh, good. I'm happy good. about that. But this week I'm going to suffer. So, um, anyway, according to Tisdale, mm-hmm. who has something to gain by lying, it's a delightful <laughs> full flavored profile with medium body and a brilliant finish flavors of ripe raspberries, Watermelon and fresh strawberries are complemented by sweet raspberry and cherry aromas, creating a balanced and distinctive wine. It's like a potpourri. It's all crap. (laughs) (laughs) There's none of that in there. There's no raspberry. There's no strawberry. There's no cherry aromas. There's none of that. Medium body? Okay, maybe. Maybe I'll go with a medium body. But everything else? Total crap. Does it have a brilliant finish? It does not. <laughs> no saddle leather, even. You know, not even if the I were you, leather. I'd go back and ask for your four ninety five back. Eh, you know, it's sucks. worth it. It's yeah. worth it to, that I can suffer. Uh-huh. I can suffer for the whiffers and show how much I love them. Well, okay. It, now, mm-hmm. now, do you make any weird noises when you drink it? Uh, I can. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if, if that will amuse you. I don't it think will it's amuse bad me. You know stout. what? I think it would really amuse me. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on here, guys. <laughs> so anyway <laughs> you're right that is fun it, see <laughs> isn't it okay so anyway it's 7.5 but this is going to go long show tonight 7. people so just strap five. yourselves in 7.5% okay. alcohol so it's not even like I'm getting a decent buzz okay off of okay it. see here's the thing if you had a regular wine it would be like 14% right so that for $5 you only get 7% but if you right. spent $10 you would have got 14% that's the difference well I swear yeah that must be it yeah yeah, I think yeah. that's it. But All they're right. they're uh, whatever it was that I had from there had regular percentage of alcohol. So I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a white zen thing. Is white zen low? I don't know. I don't, I know. don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's why I don't like white zen. Maybe. <laughs> but anyway, so my notes are <laughs> that basically it's apple juice. It's oh. it tastes like apple juice that has perhaps you know sat around for just a skosh too long. Ooh. It's it's bad. I mean, it's just really really bad. It it. It, it, it uh, that's the best way. I, mean, I think it, it's possibly what I would imagine mm. the prison wine to taste like. <laughs> like you know the prison wine the where they put everything. Yeah, they put the juice yeah. and the ketchup and the bread, the moldy bread in a sock, and then let it sit in the toilet for like a month and a half, and then they all get soused. Oh, um, yeah. God. Well, no, it's probably not as bad as prison wine, but you know, it's it's not great. It's not great. I'm just, all right, just, so just you know, to prove it, I'm just gonna. Here we go. Like one more. Wait, you ready? Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> and just for the record, please do not send us any prison wine. We, I have no interest in trying prison right, wine. Right. That's no yes. matter. I don't care what yeah. you people do. I yeah. don't care if you get us elected president. We mm-hmm. are not drinking prison wine. It's just not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then anyway, this guy, I, I was doing a search because I was trying to find a website. There's no website for these people. Obviously, uh-huh. they don't want to be found, you oh. know, oh, um, yeah. for committing crimes like this. And there was this one guy. I've got the link in the in the notes. We'll put it up there. But he, he did a, um, a review of it. And he said, basically, like drinking high C. Perfect for anyone who normally doesn't like wine. To which I say, if you don't like wine, just buy the high C. <laughs> It's Just better. save yourself the middle step. High C is preferable. I mean, this is literally, it tastes exactly how I would imagine. Apple juice that's been sitting out. 
Oh, for man. like wait until it gets cloudy. Yep. That's that's the kind Ew. of taste that this has. And yeah. I keep thinking because you know how a lot of wines you uh-huh. drink them a little while, uh-huh. and you get and used they to them. improve. Yeah, because you get drunk enough. But this doesn't mm-hmm. even I don't think have enough alcohol in it to make <laughs> me think that it might be good. So it is getting my first ever will write for wine rating of. One glass. Oh, man. I got to find One that glass. image again. Okay. You do need to find that image again. Because it is ooh, bad. Now, t- what are you drinking tonight? Something okay. normal, right? Something yes. normal and good, right? And actually, tonight, I'm drinking wine. And Yay! that's pretty much all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a 2005 Riverview. Okay. <laughs> See, isn't it fun? I'm going to deliberately do the noise because the noise actually comes pretty naturally. It does, doesn't it? I just would suppress it? it normally out of politeness. Mm-hmm. And since there's no need for that here, um, <laughs> I'm just going to do that every time I take a drink. So go ahead, go ahead, go All ahead. All right, go okay, ahead. okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's a 2005 Riverview Merlot from mm-hmm. California, mm-hmm. delivered by the UPS man <gasps> from uh, mywinesdirect.com. Oh. Uh, and the wine notes are, Riverview is loaded with aromas mm-hmm. of plums and black cherries and blueberries, all scented with a hint oh. of clove. It's Ooh. medium-bodied mm-hmm. with well-balanced tannins. So how and is it for red? This is a Merlot. Is this a heavier Merlot or a lighter for Merlot? Um, it's a pretty average Merlot. Oh, very yeah. cool. You know, because yeah. I love Merlot. They give me headaches, though. So I yeah. like the lighter Merlots if I can. Right, right. So, well, mm-hmm. I, and and this one has 13.5% alcohol. It's mm-hmm. Ten ninety nine a bottle, which is oh, very reasonable. Mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. yep. And my notes are, I I really like it. I'm I'm actually been drinking it for a while this week. I had mm-hmm. like a couple glasses out of the bottle, mm-hmm. and um, it's very good for a Merlot. Mm-hmm. And not that there's anything wrong with Merlot. Mm-hmm. And and lately it's gotten a really bad rap because you know everybody oh Merlot you know, right. but um, it's just that I generally don't drink them because mm-hmm. like you. They kind of give me headaches. Yeah, I know. There's just something in them. But th- I actually yeah. really love Merlot. I just yeah. generally don't drink Well, them, you would so. probably mm-hmm. love this one. I find it I'm gonna have fairly it. light. Mm-hmm. And I really do like I give it four glasses. I think Ooh, it's excellent. really good. Excellent. Yeah. I think I'm going to do the reds. I've, I've gotten mm-hmm. all the whites from my Wines Direct, but I think I'm going to do uh-huh. a sample of reds next time. Oh, that's a so good idea. I think idea. that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. So you give it four glasses. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, now that we've gotten that taken care of, let's move on to... This Week in the Forum. Thanks, Mac. Thanks, Mac. <laughs> This week on the forums, the hot topics were Lonnie and Sam take over New York City. Lila meets George. Those are cats, by the way. Very cute little pictorial Mm -hmm. story there. Um, (laughs) Book soundtracks, wine cork people, including there's little Lonnie and Sam wine cork people that carry me. I'm so excited. I've never been made into a wine cork person before. Me neither. Not even by my children. So I'm very excited about this. I think that's very cool. Uh, Mac supports the Global Food Bank. Go, Mac. And uh, picking Lonnie's son. <laughs> kind of a big thing. It wasn't even the bad wine. I did that extra as a little uh-huh. added value for you people. Yeah. Um, why? Because it's funny. <laughs> Wait, no. actually, as long as I'm doing that, let's just do the. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, as promised, see, it's fun, isn't it? As it promised, is here is my stunt for getting us into the top 10 in Podcast Alley. The stunt that was chosen a Will Write for Wine theme song sung to the tune of Gilligan's <laughs> Island. And y'all didn't think I would do it, but you know I did, and it's for you, so you just go ahead and enjoy it. All right, here you go. 
just sit right back and you hear a tale, a tale of a podcast born. When one writer got a bright idea over wine she did pour. Lonnie thought it was awesome drink. Sam was worried though. But Lonnie said, oh, you'll survive a 30-minute show. A 30-minute show. The first podcast went a little long, the second even longer, and Sam knew she'd better buy some wine that was stronger, wine that was stronger. Podcast kind of grew from there, the Whitfers fair and fine, like Jennifer, one and please, Melissa, two, I think there's two of them, and Pimp, my mixer Pam, the Brit Lily. Mac and Bros, and there's Wayne here on Will Write for Wine. <laughs> so, this is the tale of the podcast now, a year old and change. And every time we get some votes, we have to do something strange. Lonnie and Samantha Graves will try their very best to write and drink and talk and drink and pass the sobriety test. So we will keep on going now, we got nothing else to do But call each other on the phone, get drunk and talk to you Alright, so that's, there's like a little thing here I don't know what you're supposed to sing there, because then it just ends You know? It's a little weird Thank you <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> You know how long that took me to do? Oh, because every long? time I had to, the kids were home this week, oh. so here I am singing Gilligan's Island, uh-huh. you know, in the bedroom, and they just they were like knocking on the door and kept like, "What are you singing?" <laughs> I'm like, "Just let me do this." <laughs> and I found the karaoke music for it. Can you believe that? I can't believe. You know, How you said it to that? me, and I played it at work, and then I played it out loud for everybody <laughs> oh, at work, no, and they were no, dying. No. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's very bad, and it's really hard to sing that well. <laughs> I realize there's something about the way it is or something like that. It's really hard to actually sing it. So it's kind there's of like some kind of range. I mean, there's, there's actually, a range there, in there. Yeah. It's not, it's not for yeah. me. It's not a match for my personal vocal stylings. Right. You know, right, I'm more like right. a jazzy kind of singer. So, right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it was pretty bad, but you know what? I did it and I did it for the whiffers. So <laughs> it's great. The podcast is done. Plus, yes. you know, I'm drinking the bad wine too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we also Ugh. picked up. <laughs> I love it. It's just so much fun. We should do this every week. Okay. <laughs> we picked up like 11 new members on I know. the forums. We're up to I 126 know. people. So I welcome know. to all the Whiffies. Yes, the Whiffies. Yes, the Whiffies. <laughs> yep. Those are or our should newbies. we call them Newfers? Newfers. Newfers. <laughs> All right, well, now that we've run up the longest A block ever, ever but totally <laughs> worth it, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and refill, and we will be back in a minute. All right. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh God, it's bad. <laughs> this is Whiffer Ruth from Tennessee, and I wanted to let you know that Wheel Right for Wine does not take drinking lightly. There are rules to drinking alcoholic beverages. Sam and Lonnie enjoy wine, but only with family and friends like us whiffers. They don't drink alone. Their behinds are in a stationary chair while drinking, not in a car. Not a little car, or a slow car, or even a riding lawnmower. They also don't drink wine to excess during informal chat sessions with editors and agents in a bar at conferences. Also, Sam and Lonnie don't drink with their kids and don't endorse underage drinking. 
it's fizzy purple grape juice for them, except not in the living room where there's white carpet. Okay, I think you've got it. Lonnie and Sam, back to you. Thank you, Ruth from Tennessee, for that <laughs> fabulous PSA. I am absolutely loving. We're running low on PSAs, though. I think we only got like one or two left. Ooh. So, people, I'm telling you, make us more PSAs. We can start recycling them, and that's fine. We can do that if yeah. we have to. But oh yeah. my God, I, 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 I love them. We love getting them because <laughs> we immediately play them. I know it's so wherever exciting. we are. Okay, you know how how how. Oh, okay. Anyway, this is Samantha Grace. Oh, and this is Lonnie Dianrich. And this is Will Wright from Wine. Okay. okay, what I was saying. <laughs> Let's not forget the formalities. Keep going. All right. <laughs> what I was saying is, you know, we get emails all the time where people say they're listening to the podcast and they crack yeah. up wherever mm-hmm. they are. Oh. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I love it. <laughs> well, when we get the PSAs, if I get them at work. I listen to oh, them, yeah. and all of a sudden you hear me like just burst out laughing in the middle of like cube world, you know, cubicle world. And everybody's like oh, looking at me God. like, what are you doing that's so much fun? Well, there <laughs> so you it go. goes both ways. It. it goes both ways. All right. Okay. Tonight's question comes from Knocked Up Whiffer Susan, who is currently just dating Nano, <laughs> the world's first whiffling. Hi, Nano. Nana's going to come out knowing our voices. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She's going to play Will Right for Wine to get him to go to sleep at night. <laughs> That's kind of sad. Okay, anyway, what's the question? Uh, yeah. uh, the question is, uh, how do you approach the all-important first five pages? I know that everyone approaches this differently, but in my mind, what are the essential things to communicate up front to set up the rest of your story? Okay, well, um, I'd have to say that I torture myself more over the first five pages, or really the first ten or so, the first scene, yeah, uh, more right. than any other set of pages in the entire book. There's just so much to be accomplished in the opening scene. You have to set stuff up, but you don't want to info dump everywhere. And you need right. to grab your reader with a good hook, but it has to pay off for the rest of the book. You can't just be like, oh, I tripped over a dead body. Hey, you're hooked, and now we're going to tell a story about, you know, mm-hmm. rural life or whatever, you know. Um, and there's just so much. you got to get your setting in there, but dear God, you don't want to over-describe everything, which is really painful. So, oi, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. That said... Um, when I write it at first, just to get started, I mean, I just mm-hmm. write it. I don't think you can really do your best on your opening scene until you've written the last scene, until you've gotten the whole thing done, until you know exactly what kind of promise you need to fulfill with that. So um, now for plotters, that may not be the case. I don't know. It's they, you pretty much kind of know exactly what you're going to do. But for me as a pantser, I mean, it works best to just put in a placeholder scene, then tighten it up when I'm doing my first run through after the discovery draft. And then I go back and I make sure that I've got a really tight first scene, that I've got all the things I need in there without going too far. It's real easy to info dump like mad and an opening scene. Sometimes you won't even notice it, but you'll be talking about, you know, ages and ages of stuff (laughs) that don't matter and that aren't really part of the book. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and you'll have conversations, you know, bad dialogue that's all exposition. I mean, a lot of that stuff happens. (laughs) And so you got to kind of get all that stuff, but you got to get that in there. You got to get the Mm -hmm. information you need in order to get people hooked. It's really getting a good first scene down is the hardest thing you'll do in writing. It I is. Think. It is. Mm-hmm. Now, now for me, mm-hmm. it goes one of two ways. Either I write it down the first five Ugh. pages in white hot streak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and never change a word of it. Right, right, right. You do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I rewrite it 50 times. <laughs> it's one or the other. <laughs> it's one or the other. It's never uh-huh. in between. So usually 
um, the first scene comes to me whole. Mm -hmm. I rarely struggle with where I want to begin a story. And I'm rarely wrong, Mm -hmm. which is uh, what I consider a gift from God. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the rest of it is hell. But he said, okay, I'll give you this one thing. Oh, and that's the best thing. (laughs) If you're going to have any kind of gift from God in your writing, I mean, that's, I I write, you know, dialogue. Like, dialogue is my thing that's real easy to write. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is that you go on, you can go on for days and just fall in love with the sound of your own voice and you got people talking about nothing forever. (laughs) If you're going to get a gift from God, the first scene gift is the gift to get. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as for putting all the important stuff in there, I keep it. Uh, on a strictly need-to-know basis. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The first five pages have a job. Mm-hmm. They need to pull your reader into the story, period. If a sentence doesn't do that, if it doesn't serve that purpose, then it can wait until later. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're never going to use it. It's just going to be later. No, you're never going to use it. Cut it. Cut it. Cut yeah. it. Wow. <laughs> well, it might be. No, what I'm saying is that if it's, if, if it's backstory... Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, yes, no, you can have it show up. Sorry. All right. I'm just okay. being difficult. Let me, I'll, I'll, I'll drink. Okay. <laughs> Ready? Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right, go ahead. It's <laughs> so amusing. See? Okay. I told you. <laughs> All right. What I do is I keep it short, I keep it simple, I keep it riveting. By the time your reader finishes five pages, the first words out of their mouth should be, I can't wait to read the rest of this book. Absolutely. Well, so, thank you for yeah. the question, Knocked Up With for Susan and by proxy, mm-hmm. Little Nano. Okay. Yes. To get your question on the show, email us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or leave them on the forums. And we love the MP3 mm. questions. Mm-hmm. Just hint, hint, hint. So send those in too. Oh, yeah. And now it's time for Writing Lessons Learned. Every week we'll share what we learned that week about writing. Lonnie, what did you learn this week? <laughs> Mostly that even when I'm not writing, I'm still freaking writing. You can never I leave know, the office. I know, I know. The office is in your head, and so it is 24-7. Oh, well, we finished up Dogs and Goddesses, and I got my copy mm. edits in for Wish You Were Here, so I feel really good about that. I've got everything off my plate. Woo! And uh, I've been deliberately not writing ever since. Instead, I, you know, I keep having these breakthroughs about what I want to do with the next um, book, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm having a really great time. But the story's starting to form in my head, and I wasn't planning to write until the fall. I was going to take the whole summer off to spend with my kids because I thought it'd be nice to be like, hey, who are you little people in my like house? Like a mom. Right, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Kind of like yeah. that. Um, uh-huh. But I think I'm probably going to be writing before then. Because um, <laughs> I, I just know. I'm just I'm getting to that point. Like, you know where you're feeling the energy build, and you just know yeah. you're about ready to go? Um, the nice thing is I don't have to write like on a deadline. So I won't be doing the deadline hell, you know, that you usually do. Oh, so yes. I'll write when I want to, when I have time, just let the rest of it sit. It's kind of glorious yeah. being off contract, cool. I have to tell you. <laughs> it's the first book I've written off contract and I'm loving it. <laughs> loving it. Loving mm-hmm. it. Well, um, I was going to say uh, for my lesson this week that writing is work. Uh-huh. But you know what? We had such a good time in New York oh, City. Oh, we did. That I would recommend that if you're published, go to New York City once in a while and meet with your editors. Yes. And go see The Daily Show because Jon Stewart is <gasps> gorgeous. Oh, my God. That was so he much fun. Really well, he so much really fun. is. He really is. Oh, and he's funny know, and he's nice. And <gasps> we had him. such a blast. He's so good. It was really a good time. Next yeah. time we're going to the Colbert Report, though. Oh, I have okay. a thing oh my for God. Stephen Colbert. He was so funny. Stephen Colbert, I, you know, I, I, I think he's kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Well, you know, it was so funny because him and John uh-huh. like did this off-camera oh, thing. I know, and they're just and as they adorable. Were, 
they just are chatting. and they were funny I know. and i they mean finally the producer yeah uh, really <laughs> finally the producer's like john like, move it i know because they were like you and me they're like sitting there like it's going back and forth it was so funny it really was so anyway yes everybody go to new york city it's fun everybody go to new york we actually uh met with uh eileen rendell oh yes and eileen cook and we all shared this little apartment in greenwich village and it was we had an absolute blast fabulous although poor sam got sick i was sick the whole you know i've been planning this for like only two months i know i wasn't sick for those two months that one week right i was i was sick which really was not fun but we also yeah, and we also got to meet with a couple of whiffers. We did. Oh, we did. Oh, Karen, hi, and Melissa. Hi, hi. Karen. Melissa hi, DK, Melissa. Karen from Connecticut. Yes. We all went yes. out. We had dinner, and we drank some actual good wine as opposed to the stuff that I'm drinking right now. <laughs> and it was really, really fun. And we got some pictures. They're all up on the forums and everything. So, yeah, we had yes. a really good time. And then Karen went and really made wine fun. cork people of us. I know, and Melissa <gasps> gave us did. I know. Q and A cards, which we will start using next yes, week. I'm so excited. Because this week we're this running week a we're little a long. Little tight on time, but, um, because you know, you know how it goes when we skip a week. You get all that energy. Remember, I, remember I said that I we know. haven't scrimmaged in like two weeks, so so we're just like we're really just so chatty excited. tonight. Yeah. So next week we're going to start. So that's going to be one of our segments. We're going to go through this game that she gave us mm-hmm. and and totally show you guys how little we know about I wine. Know. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to expose our ignorance for all of you to see as though it was any surprise. Yes. Yeah. So right. anyway, that wraps up this block. I think we got to keep this ro- rolling, right? So uh, oh, okay. don't go anywhere. Yeah. Wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> see? It's good, it's isn't it? It's so worth it. I know. <laughs> A sexy international art thief with a license to steal and a past she can't escape. An ex-cop with a murder to avenge and nothing left to lose. A calculating killer launches a deadly game. From the heat of Havana to the streets of New York City, the race for justice is on. Sight unseen by Samantha Graves, now available at a store near you. Thanks for coming back with us. I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Samantha Graves. And this is Will Write for Why. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> part one of our discussion of goal, motivation, and conflict. Actually, Tonight is conflict. Actually, it would be part two of our discussion. <gasps> oh, <laughs> I didn't edit that. Tonight is part two of our discussion. And on, let me drink. Wait. Okay. okay go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. the, and and what's interesting <laughs> about the the part one and the part two is that in the part one I was doing the uh-huh. Ugh, and in the part two Lonnie's so doing we're keeping the, the theme going. We are, we are. We got a whole thematic kind of yeah. drinking arc, and and it's also going, going to be the longest podcast we've ever done because I'm in a I chatty predict. mood. You're in a chatty mood, and I'm as chatty as usual. So I mean, it's just it's just I, strap yourselves in, guys. It's gonna be a long day. <laughs> All right, All right, so uh, okay. what is tonight's conflict? Yes, yes. And okay. if your character doesn't have something hellish to conquer, like the world, what's the point? <laughs> right. if, if the world isn't at stake, Sam's not interested. All right. <laughs> no one wants to read about your character who woke up in the morning mm. and everything went her way mm. and life was lovely and wonderful. Mm-hmm. A good life equals bad fiction. And a lot of jealousy, too. Yeah. Right. So we don't want that. So conflict. What is conflict? 
I'll tell you, conflict breaks down to this. Mm-hmm. Someone wants something, ah. and someone or something is keeping them from getting it. Mm. <laughs> That's all it is. It is very simple. It's a very but you know what's funny about it is mm-hmm. that um, we normally don't meet with conflict a lot during the day. I mean, we do, but on a very mm-hmm. small level. Right. For example, mm-hmm. your insurance company screws up their payments. Da 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 da. That's a little conflict. Right. You got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And you deal with mm-hmm. it, and it's over. Right. But mm-hmm. conflict mm-hmm. for writing is sort of different. It's kind of huge. Ah, yeah, major. So conflict is really the backbone of storytelling. Mm-hmm. I mean, one surefire way to make sure your story rockets along is to make sure that you've got a protagonist and an antagonist crossing swords in every scene. Yes. Okay. Now note, I didn't say it was the only way. <laughs> I said it was a surefire <laughs> way. We already had that argument in the antagonist show. I'm not going there again. There's a reason why conflict fuels stories, and it's because without conflict, there is no story. But... But Lonnie, I've read mm-hmm. great books that didn't have an active antagonist and no big conflict. So how, <laughs> Lonnie, do you explain that? <laughs> I don't know, Miss Devil's Advocate. Why don't we talk about that a little bit? <laughs> well, I'm sure you did read these books. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they were great, but there was conflict. Sometimes it's obvious conflict. Like, oh my god, a meteor's about to hit the earth. Bruce Willis, what will we do? I think you need to, like, hang out in my house for a while, Bruce. Right? <laughs> I'd be okay with that. And sometimes it's a little more subtle. Mm. Like, in your, your more navel-gazing, like, character-centered stories. There's some stories where, you know, it's very, it's very navel-gazing. It's very character-centered. <laughs> and those books... Not my taste. Okay. Some people do enjoy them, though. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I would argue that your your character centered kind of like um. Well, I don't know how you would get an entire novel out of a like a character study. Well, you can get a short uh, story out of a character study. Yeah. What is navel gazing? Just by the way, I have no idea. But I oh, find navel gazing that... is like that internal. What is life? What mm. does my existence mean? Kafka esque. You uh, know, um, metamorphosis, the guy's a cockroach kind of stuff. Okay. You know, like, although a, a guy wakes up as a cockroach, conflict, um, <laughs> you know, man versus nature. We'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, um, but I mean, I think that there's like, you know, there's some books that are kind of more, um, you know, contemplative like that and introspective and you've got a character and they're doing a lot of thinking. And some people, you know what, in all fairness, it's not to say that you can't enjoy those books. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying my <laughs> personal feeling is... Okay, now you would hate those books. I'm closer to those books than you are. I totally understand. If the world isn't exploding in 15 seconds, mm-hmm. then it's just, you're not interested. And there's my Is phone. That, do you need to answer that? No. Okay, you just turn it off. Just be like, click, I'm oh, on yeah. the podcast. Uh-huh. Okay. The one <laughs> time I... calls this time of night gets there. The one yeah, time I forget to move my phone. Okay, go ahead. Right, that's okay. Okay, so anyway, what we were talking about, navel gazing. Right. Oh, uh, the stronger, uh, that, that my argument is that if, if you don't have conflict, you don't have real story in the, in the sense that I'm talking about story. Mm-hmm. You know, like where you've got an arc and, you know, acts and turning points and all that kind of stuff. Right. You have to have conflict to fuel that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I stand by that. Okay. So basically you're saying the stronger your conflict, the more engaging your story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it also is easier to write. Right. There's mm-hmm. nothing worse than trying to write a desert island story. Now, trust me, <laughs> I have done this. It was actually a deserted planet story, but right. it's the same right. thing. It is, yeah. it is hard. But you made it work. You had conflict. You just had. You only had two characters to do the conflict with, so yeah. it's kind of tough. Um, yeah. But you know, but actually, you did that. You mm-hmm. did that really well. Thank I know. You. I know you struggled writing it because you told me. But oh, I yeah. mean, it's 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 good. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, let's go ahead and talk about the basic kinds of conflict. Mm-hmm. 
We got four basics and then two kind of argumentative. We'll get to those. But anyway, okay. so the first the first one is your, your most obvious, your most blatant, your person versus person. Mm -hmm. So this is where you got two people. They're in conflict. You got Indiana Jones and, you know, um, the Raiders of the Lost Ark where it's Indiana, you know, versus the Nazi guy, mm -hmm. you know, the bad Nazi guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kramer versus Kramer. There you go. Yeah. It's right in the damn title. There you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Right Another there. kind mm -hmm. is uh, person versus nature. Mm -hmm. For example, The Perfect Storm, right. Castaway. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. stories like these require extensive and exhaustive world building. Trust me. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Nature becomes a character in the story. Nature becomes the villain. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And you could almost say in The Lord of the Flies that kind of applies too. Yeah. Even though they were going at each other, they wouldn't have if they weren't basically in a, a very animalistic kind of pr primitive, mm -hmm. you know, survival right situation right, so right all right so the next one is person versus himself mm -hmm. you know like a garden state the last kiss basically any indie film starring zach brown <laughs> <laughs> um also if you read any of my women's fiction the main conflict is usually some form of this it's a it's a more internal conflict it's an internal story um i think usually and you can argue with me on this um of course, you can argue with me on anything. I'm only right some of the time. Uh, plays better, I think, in books than movies generally. Absolutely. I think movies, you need a more external kind of story. The internal story, I think, just plays better in a book where you can actually kind of, you know, read it from the character's well, point of view. You know, if you're like taking... Like Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, if like you're that, taking you know? A, a, you know, a camera shot of somebody thinking, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's really not a lot going on visually. You, you know? really have to you have to make it an external yeah. story in order to do it exactly. in a movie. So the the person versus himself are kind of hard to find in mm -hmm. movies, but some of your indie films will have things like that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. another one is person versus society, mm -hmm. such as Mr. Smith goes to Washington, Pride and Prejudice. Mm -hmm. You see mm -hmm. this a lot in historical novels, right? Because society was more oppressive then. Absolutely. I mean, really, yep. You know. And again, mm -hmm. these require world building because you're. Your society is a character. You have to treat right. it with the same amount of depth as you would any mm -hmm. other character. Absolutely. Yep. Now, those are the classic forms of conflict, although recently some arguments have come up for... Let's say personal versus supernatural, mm -hmm. <laughs> like Slither or Tremors, although you could argue or Dune. that this could fit under the, uh, right, yeah. right, right, Dune, mm -hmm. um, that this could fit under the umbrella of person versus nature, which actually would be my argument. Yeah, you could, um, but I mm -hmm. think it's a whole... It's a different kind diff of nature. Well, yeah, it's a whole different set of rules when you go into fantasy, mm -hmm. because then the world building changes because you have to define and live by those rules. So there is but still an rules of nature though. Well, um aren't they? Well, they could well dune and I don't know. It I guess they would be. I mean, be, a thousand zombies, kind of like the perfect storm except with zombies instead yeah, of Yeah, but the you ocean. know, if you get into slither and you've got gigantic what is it? Snakes? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. that that defies what our natural world would would create. Okay. Right. I, think, so, I think there's definitely argument yes. both ways there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. And so the other one is a uh, person versus machine, mm. just like your 2001 A Space Odyssey. Christine, if you remember yes. that, um, the Stephen King yes, movie where the, I the car was the evil. Car. Yes. Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> anybody would remember that movie aside from me i was like as soon as i take christine they're gonna be like the girl no the girl? i no, loved okay. that movie it was great right. and they all hid in the well, graveyard oh it's perfect right, yeah right. Mm -hmm. okay oh, okay now you could argue that this could fit under person versus person mm -hmm. as well because it, once the machine is sentient mm -hmm. enough to actively cross your protagonist because in order to have conflict there has to be something actively 
um, threatening your protagonist. Right, right. You know, and so I don't know. I think it still fits under the model of person versus person. I think it does too. Christine is anthropomorphized. Yeah, thank you. That's exactly. Five dollar word. <laughs> but I generally think of anything as a character anyway. So you know, right? They all are. Yeah. They all yeah. are. Mm-hmm. And here, the conflict only works if you bring Ooh, a love. real. <laughs> A real world to the story. So mm-hmm. whatever you have for the machine must make sense. It must, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's got to be something set that's of believable within the realm of the. Exactly. But that you know that that speaks to world building too. Absolutely. I mean, as far as the basic conflict, I mean, I think you can you can look at it mm-hmm. either way. If if person versus machine makes it easier for you to figure out where your conflict is going, then look at it that way. Right. You know? Right. So. And I think part of conflict working is that your world building is solid. Mm-hmm. I think it has to. I think right. it has to work. So, oh, absolutely. So, uh, you can go ahead and try to find an example that doesn't fit any of these categories. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, most forms of conflict fit into one of these. You know, one of the main categories that we talked right. about. Mm-hmm. Right. I would agree. So anyway, so going back to last week's podcast on goal and motivation, mm-hmm. how do these fit in with conflict? Well, in order for your conflict to hold up, it needs to be bolstered. It needs to be believable. We have to be invested in it. Your reader needs to know why your protagonist wants whatever it is that she wants. And that's where you work with your goal and motivation and all that work comes in. Um, It's not enough for your character to just want something and not get it. If your character goes to the store, you know, for instance, wanting pretzels, and then they're out of pretzels, so she gets chips. Well, who cares, right? Mm-hmm. You know, your character has an alternative, the chips, so who cares? Um, or another alternative is just to forego the salty snacks altogether and buy some apples. Mm-hmm. You know, or say mm-hmm. you're going to the wine store for a Pinot Noir and all they have are Chiantis. I just <laughs> grab the Chianti and my conflict is over. There you go. Yeah. There you go. It's all about being flexible. Yeah. So the thing your character wants, we'll call it the MacGuffin, mm-hmm. uh, because it really doesn't matter specifically what it is, um, has to be really, really important, like mm-hmm. life and death important. Mm-hmm. She has to need it bad. And if she doesn't get it, her life has to never be the same. There have to be <laughs> severe consequences for, um, I'm sorry, what? Did that sound? No. I was just thinking chocolate. That's okay. Go oh. ahead. <laughs> I thought you were thinking about sex. It's like, wait a minute. That sounds a little. No. She has chocolate. to need it bad. Chocolate. Right. I wasn't even or thinking. Like, sex is like eh. on the other end. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, moving on. That's the kind of conflict that's going to, I don't know why I'm talking like that. That's the kind of conflict that's going to hold up. And that's the kind of conflict that's going to have readers rooting for her because that's what you need. You need readers invested and rooting for her. That's where your goal and your motivation comes in. They need to want her to have it as badly as she wants it. Mm. There has to be no acceptable alternative. Okay. So like a MacGuffin is like a McMuffin because you can only get it at McDonald's. But, I mean, what about a Chris sandwich? I like those better anyway, and usually McDonald's and Burger King are right next to each other anyway, you know? I'm not helping you, am I? <laughs> what, what's, suddenly I'm your straight man. What the hell happened? <laughs> the polls reverse and nobody told me? What's going on here? <laughs> okay, so let's rework the pretzel thing. Let's just stick with pretzels for the moment. <laughs> it's a McMuffin. You need a McMuffin in the book. All right. Your character is a spy, let's say. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she knows that in one very particular bag of pretzels at this particular superstore <laughs> lies a computer chip, which, if it falls into the wrong hands, will mean the bad guy will blow up Manhattan. Oh, no. 
Okay, let's forget for the moment how very stupid it would be to hide a computer chip in a bag of pretzels. Okay, oh, that's yeah. logic. We're, we're dealing with mm-hmm. conflict. Okay. You, you, logic is your problem. However, Levels are your problem. However, I like when things blow up, so keep going. I thought you'd like yeah, that. I, I like the blowing up thing. I was mm-hmm. kind of gearing this for you. Okay, so, well, now you got your conflict, right? Okay, you got the MacGuffin, mm-hmm. the computer chip, mm-hmm. and the heroine, who's your spy, and the antagonist, who's the big bad. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not a bad start, yeah. except you kind of have to escalate conflict. <gasps> Yay, more things blowing up. Um <laughs> Because basically, you're not going to base a whole book on one grocery store scene uh, looking for pretzels. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lonnie might do that. But let's just say no for now. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> just for that, I'm putting a pretzel scene in my next book. See if I don't. If you put Rhyming the word it. pretzel in your next book. Oh, uh-huh. okay. We'll have to come up with something. All right. <laughs> oh, no good. Another stunt. <laughs> okay. So you've got your heroine in the uh-huh. store. Uh-huh. And one of two things is going to happen. She's either going to get the pretzels or she doesn't get the pretzels. Right. Now, you may want to jump right to her not getting the pretzels. The bad guy gets there first and snags them away. Victory, short story, boring, no one gets shot at. <laughs> we hate this. Boo, hiss. <laughs> right. But then what if she does get the pretzels? Mm. Thinks she saved the day. Mm-hmm is ready to go home to her husband, who's quite pissy because he doesn't know she's a spy Mm -hmm. and suspects she's having an affair because of all these weird late-night trips to the grocery store. Hmm. And then she discovers that the computer chip was only a decoy, something the bad guy sent her after to keep her busy while he got down to the real trouble. Ooh, I like it. Mm-hmm. Or she got the pretzels, and the ba- but the bad guy found an alternative way to blow up Manhattan, and she has to go uh-huh. right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or... <laughs> Times Square is just a big black scorch mark on the map. Right. Yeah. So now she has to call her husband Mm -hmm. and tell him that she's going to be out even later, to which he responds, oh, fine. He'll go play poker with a sexy blonde down the hall who's been making eyes at him and has time for him. Mm. Uh, And now she has to endanger her marriage in order to save Manhattan, which, if it blows up, will pretty much incinerate her marriage anyway, because they'll both be dead. Yeah. I mean, does she have to be married? Because this guy sounds like a jerk. What if she tells him there's a sale on golf clubs in Times Square, and then, boom, she gets a twofer? (laughs) You know? Okay. Okay, that's one way to solve the problem. But again, short story. So anyway, um, <laughs> do you really do you really have to kill somebody whenever anything gets boring? I, mean, I think like so. No respect for fictional life. Oh do you? no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So slowing it down, taking a step back for everybody who's trying to follow our <laughs> wonderful MacGuffin pretzel situation. <laughs> it's a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so let's break it down to what we actually did here. First, the original MacGuffin the pretzels, Mm -hmm. weren't really that important. They were a stand-in for the actual MacGuffin, which is saving Manhattan. Mm. So there's your goal, which is layered nicely, so you peel away layer after layer of things. She has to stop the big bad from getting closer to blowing up Manhattan. Until finally it culminates in a climax with the big bad and its finger on the button. A layered MacGuffin, always nice. And we can't allow that to happen. I love Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And all the publishers are there. Oh, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe your heroine is a writer... (laughs) But she's also a spy. And after she saves right. Manhattan, every publisher wants her spy story. How cool would that be? <laughs> and, you know, they really would. That's your resolution. Mm. Yeah. After the climax. Oh, so there we go. Do that now we're too. talking okay. about structure, too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so back to, let's just not, pretty pink brains on the wall. Okay. Um, back to motivation. we got to prevent the big bad from blowing up Manhattan, which will kill her and everything she loves. And all the publishers. So yeah. we can't do that. Because we like them. We do. Okay. So 
so pretty much there's no alternative there. There's no way for her to like get out of this. She's stuck. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the conflict. We've mm -hmm. got her wanting to save Manhattan mm -hmm. and the big bad wanting to destroy it. Mm -hmm. And right there, you've got the storyteller's best friend, which is a conflict lock. A conflict lock. That you know, that sounds kind of kinky. Does it involve duct duct tape? Boom! <laughs> <laughs> boom! What's going on? What kind of world is it where I'm the straight man? Criminy. All right. A conflict lock is when you've got a person versus person conflict, mm -hmm. and the protagonist and antagonist goals are in direct conflict, so that ah. if one wins, the other one has to lose. Now, actually, okay, I, I put this down to person versus person because mm -hmm. of the whole sentient thing. Like, mm -hmm. if it's nature, nature's just being nature, you know, right. but it's not actively trying to kill you, but you have to kind of treat it in a story like it is, like it's a villain. So basically, scratch person versus person, any conflict where you've got the protagonist, antagonist goal, indirect conflicts that one wins, the other one has to lose. Right. Okay, there we go. There is no compromise. If you can get a conflict lock in your story, it'll have the strength to hold up the rest of your story. In this case, either New York gets blown up or it doesn't. One wins, the other has to lose. There's just no, there's no middle ground there. <sighs> so when you've got that firm, that conflict lock, then you're really, really zooming along. And that's that's beautiful when that happens. I know. Yeah. I know. Mm -hmm. you, that's the goal. It's it the is. Goal. Mm -hmm. But we've also got a second layer of conflict going on here, the conflict with her husband, who is under the right. false impression that she doesn't love him and is about to go play slap and tickle with the slutty neighbor. <laughs> I say send him an invitation to Manhattan. But that's just me. The right. conflict here, though, isn't really with the husband, as both he and your protagonist want the same thing, a happy marriage. Right. So, therefore, the conflict here is actually internal, mm. person versus herself. So, this is your secondary conflict. Here, your protagonist has a choice. She can tell her husband the truth and risk her job, millions of lives, including both her and her husband, and possibly national security. Or, she can lose her marriage. <laughs> Remember all that <laughs> stuff we talked about with torturing your characters? This is a prime example. Torturing your characters is where you're going to get your prime internal conflict. Basically, you give her two bad choices. That's just hell, and that's where your internal conflict lies with the torture. Torture. Yeah, That's the key to your internal conflict is the torture. Mm, you know, I've heard mm. of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know so, where you would pick that up. <laughs> so you can have more than one kind of conflict in a story, and it certainly yes. never hurts. Mm -hmm. Here, the A story or the main story is stopping the big bad from blowing up Manhattan. Mm -hmm. But there's a nice torturous B story feeding into it giving mm -hmm. your character motivation to not want to stop the big bad, but it loses the motivation to stop the big bad. Now yeah. that's conflict. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, and, and that's really cool because as a writer, you're always thinking, I have to motivate her to do the A story. I have to motivate her to do it. I have to give her mm -hmm. motivation. And then if you give her competing motivation to go the other way, and you're tearing her in two, but she has to choose one. I mean, that's just really, really It's cool. really good. Okay. <laughs> so is everybody's head spinning yet? <laughs> it's usually about the time that my brains splatter on the wall. Pretty pink brains on the wall. But we're not done. Let's just take it down a notch. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Okay, everybody get your wine glass ready. It's the only way to prevent the brain splatter. <laughs> yes, that's a reason why we drink. If you haven't picked up on it yet, it's because we write. Okay, so let's say, for instance, mm -hmm. that you're not writing an action-adventure story. Mm. There's no real big bad. There's no blowing up of Manhattan. Oh. Can't kill any of the characters, oh. Sam. The situation is not literally life and death. Can I go to the bathroom now? I check my email. <laughs> no! <laughs> Sit here through all your blowing people up stuff. You can sit here through my little internal story stuff. Okay. So what if you're writing 
for instance, a funny story. <laughs> a women's fiction, perhaps? <laughs> well, then you have to think about things a little bit differently. Now, a women's fiction story, at least the way that I write them, usually does not have just one big bad. Mm. There are antagonists. You know, my favorites are the benevolent antagonists. I love these. are usually the mothers, the ones who mean well, but just can't help but make things like so much worse. Um, but there are usually a few of them who pop in at different times, serve different purposes at different points in the story. It's usually not one overarching antagonist. And again, there are people who would argue with me, you know, and I've, I've mm-hmm. been through that argument a couple of times, but I'm telling you, it works for me. It works for my books. So I'm happy. But anyway, almost always in those situations, especially when I'm telling a first person, a very internal story, uh, my protagonist struggle is primarily with herself. Ah. Hey, look, I got an email from my mom. <laughs> Tell her she says, hi. She says hi. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Tell her I want to go down the water slide. Anyway, for instance, in Time Off for Good Behavior, um, Wanda really, and this is not the same Wanda that, you know, does the opening for us. Don't get them confused. This is Wanda, fictional Wanda. Wanda really wanted um, basically connection with other people, but she'd been hurt so badly that she kept everyone at arm's length with her really caustic attitude. So she kept making things worse for herself until finally she had no alternative but to change the way that she approached her life. But she forced herself kind of into that corner, and in most of your internal stories, that's what happens. It's not as direct as your action adventure, but the basic structure is similar. So, is there something? I'm sorry. What? I'm crocheting. (laughs) I really want you to drink a stout now. Okay. Wanda was looking at spending the rest of her life being miserable and alone. And that was really a life or death situation for her. Her goal was to be balanced and happy. But at the same time, she didn't have the tools to be balanced and happy. She just didn't want to get hurt again. So that put her essentially in a conflict lock with herself because she couldn't have it both ways. She had to choose from the, between the safety and the ability to love and be connected with other people. So while it's easier to talk about um, conflict in terms of of like a grand action adventure story with literal life or death, you can apply these basic concepts to pretty much any story. And I'm back. Okay. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you take the next part here? I'm just going to sit and drink. Oh, go ahead. Drink. Yeah. You drink. got it? Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, I got it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Love it. Nah. Okay. That's bad stuff. So we're going to talk about a few conflict Ugh. examples that mm-hmm. work. <laughs> okay. okay, Indiana Jones versus the Nazis. Now, need we say more? Right. Whenever yeah. you need a really good villain, I think a Nazi's pretty much a stand-by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we see. Uh, Star Wars, you know, uh-huh. Darth Vader versus, right. versus Luke. Villain. Yeah, versus mm-hmm. Luke. Mm-hmm. So don't need to say much more there either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me see. Princess Pride, we have Prince Humperdinck. Humperdinck. I think when you hear a name like Humperdinck, you pretty much know it's going to be bad news. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> now in Moonstruck, it was a little. Right. It was a little. Now little is that lighter. internal story? Was I, it her internal I really conflict? think it was internal. It was her yeah. word that right. she would marry, but also waiting for real love versus just marrying right. because whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'd have to watch again. I haven't watched. I love that movie, but I haven't watched it in a really yeah. long time. Yeah. So I'd have to watch it again to decide mm-hmm. where the conflict lies in that. Why don't you yeah. whiffers do it and report back and tell us what you think. <laughs> you guys start arguing for once. We yeah. argue all the time for you. You argue for us. 
Yeah, in Spider Man, it's the green flying guy. I forget what it's a hob, the goblin, the hobgoblin, whatever the hell his name is. He was green. Yeah, yeah. all the green guys now, are usually bad. In X Men, I really like this one because it was not mm-hmm. only the bad guys, but it was the rest of the world too. It was the rest of the normal people. Right, because they were all mutants. Right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I actually haven't seen X Men. What? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You haven't seen. You look at me like I don't recycle. What the hell? You know what? I haven't seen that. Yes. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> look, right. you haven't seen or read Pride and Prejudice, so let's no, just back off to our corners, okay? I just okay? can't believe it. Whoa! <laughs> I'm just surprised because you watch everything. So I was. Just I do. Surprised. I do. I do. I okay. watch everything. Well, you gotta watch Except it. X-Men. One of these days, you gotta watch it because it's I'm a not very into superheroes good. Superheroes, and I hate violence. So. Well, you like the uh, flaming head guy. I like oh, talking about the flaming yeah, head guy. Yeah, you didn't I actually watch, watch the movie. that, did you? You liked the movie. Yeah, I liked the movie. I just did made you fun see of Spider-Man? I mocked the movie. I did see Spider-Man. Oh, okay. I did see Spider-Man. All right. Well, it's very yeah. good. X-Men yeah. is sort of along that. I mean, it was okay. it was good. There was just a lot of characters. So, mm-hmm. okay, we won't get into it. Okay. <laughs> the next one is uh, Finding Nemo. And, right. you know, mm-hmm. and basically Marlin had to fight everything. Right. To sharks and jellyfish and everything else. Yeah. Oh, but those were the minor antagonists. But we're yeah. not talking about antagonists, so we'll leave that yeah. alone. There's yeah. conflict. That's all you Conflict, know. yes. Okay. Well, yeah, conflict <laughs> with the sharks because they wanted mm-hmm. to eat them. You know, things mm-hmm. like that. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. orcs, Sauron. Right. Those mm-hmm. are pretty big. Yeah, that's a pretty big obstacle. Yeah. That was, yeah, Sauron, the ultimate evil. Oh, yeah. Gonna destroy the whole land, including the Shire, which yeah. was quite lovely. I think that's that's pretty big. My kind there. of story. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Shrek. We got the fiery dragons and the mm-hmm. crazed princes. Mm-hmm. So that's always good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forrest yeah, Gump. The conflict is pretty much everything. I, you know, I have not. I gotta watch that movie again. Yeah. I, I just don't. I don't have an angle on how the story works in mm-hmm. Forrest Gump. I'd really have to like try to deconstruct that and figure that out because it's yeah. not very obvious. I think it's, it's a not. good one if you're if you're doing a more um, subtle story that that's probably a good one to kind of watch for that. Right, but, right. Mm-hmm. Gone with the Wind. Yes. You have the War mm-hmm. and the Times. Right. You know, again, right. society's mm-hmm. in there too. Mm-hmm. Scarlet and Rhett. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> fighting like cats and dogs. Uh, mm-hmm. Born Identity. He's fighting, mm-hmm. he, his conflict is with the government and his yep. amnesias and actually himself. It, that was a very good internal yeah. conflict. Yeah, it story. really was. Because mm-hmm. he does. He, because uh, he, you know, and that's, I think, what's, if you've got a really solid external conflict story, mm-hmm. you know, that's good and that'll carry a book, it'll carry a movie. But when you add internal conflict to that yes. and wrench it in the other direction, I mean, then you've got people are just really going to be into that. Yeah. So I think that's a really good thing. And it makes do. it a, 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 from a good movie to a great movie. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that's the difference. And then the final so. one I have is Sheila Levine is dead and living in New York. And you have to tell <laughs> she's me. Her own, she's her own enemy. In is that. she? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that's a book, not a movie. It yeah. should be a movie because it's really funny. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's the story about the woman who, um, she's Jewish, uh, like 25 in 1970s New York. And, or 19, it was 1970s, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, she wasn't getting married and she was like creeping up on 30 or something and she was like well I just might as well kill myself <laughs> so she decides to kill herself and it's all about the year that she plans her own death she gives herself a year <laughs> to die and uh, and it's just it's really kind of fun but that's definitely um, an internal conflict story because you know she's, she's going to kill herself because she can't get married but if she could get married <laughs> if she met a nice doctor in there you know it would probably change the outcome but yeah, oh, so boy. anyway, um, so that's that's an internal story. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. All right. All right. So, and I have to thank Lonnie, who actually <laughs> did 
uh, like 95% oh, of no. the C block. Oh, yeah. I just. The I just you did the wisecrack. Which is really fun. Comic yeah. relief. I know. Now you know what it's like to be me. That's usually, usually it's the other way around. She does all the work and I come in. I'm like, aren't I funny? Aren't I cute? She's like, we yeah. We can't both be oh. comic relief. So that's going to be a problem. <laughs> I love it. Isn't right. it fun? It is. It's it fun is. to be the person In not drinking the crappy wine. very strange, mean way, but I like it. Okay. Well, that wraps up another awesome drink. Right. See you, awesome Block. Drink. I already drank. We've earned ourselves a little more wine. Sorry, Lottie. (laughs) We will be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Emmy James is not the kind of girl who attracts angels. In fact, since she sent her life into a nosedive six years ago, she's tried to attract as little as possible. Attention, people, or responsibility. She lives alone in an Airstream trailer, going from job to job, wherever the wind takes her. And that works just fine. Until one day, two unexpected visitors show up at the New Jersey trailer park she currently calls home. One is a childhood friend with news. EJ's mother and his father are getting married, and they want EJ at the ceremony. The other is a sweet but odd woman named Jess, who says she's an angel specializing in cosmic relationship mending. And blueberry pancakes. A Little Ray of Sunshine by Lonnie Diane Rich is a story about lost love, found angels, and the power of blueberry pancakes to fix almost anything including the mother-daughter relationship that no one thought could ever be mended. A Little Ray of Sunshine is available now, wherever books are sold. Get your copy today. Thanks for coming back. I'm Samantha Graves. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Will Write for Wine. Yay! Yay! Want to win some great prizes for you or your dog or large cat? (laughs) I'm just going to leave that in the script for like a really long time, aren't we? <laughs> Add on down to willwriteforwine.com and give us some feedback. We're looking for questions, wine yeah. suggestions, or just general commentary on the show. Yes, each month all eligible entries will go into a wine bucket. At the end of the month, we'll pull a name out of the bucket to win a fabulous prize. That's Good 7.5% alcohol. I got right through that. <laughs> For April, we have a Will Write for Wine journal Mm -hmm. and a pair of Lonnie's Magic Creativity Socks knitted just for you. Yes, which means they will be delayed, (laughs) but they'll be your size and the color I have in my stash that's closest to your favorite color. So quit Mm -hmm. your whining. Be sure to get active on the forum. Send us email at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or, you know, comment on the website. Mm -hmm. We will announce the winner at our first May show, so send in your comments and suggestions now. <laughs> All right, up next we have the weekly weigh-in. I think we're getting better. Bonnie, how'd you do this week? <laughs> well, if you include last week, you know, I finished mm-hmm. up my revision on Dogs and Goddesses. I got the copy edits done on, on uh, what the hell is it? Will Red for Wine. No, that's mm-hmm. not it. Wish you were here. <laughs> Starts with a W. They're all the same. Um, and I really tried not to write, but I've actually done a lot of world building for the new book, and I'm very Ooh, excited. Excellent. It's actually starting to solidify. Like, you know, you start thinking about a book. You start like, mm. oh, I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I got like, oh, oh, oh. And one thing, one little detail. Uh-huh. Originally, when I started writing this, it had reincarnation story in it, mm. and I took the reincarnation story out because I didn't think it fit, and mm-hmm. now it's back. 
excellent. It actually fits, so I feel like I'm on the right path. Cause I like the reincarnation back, story. So. The reincarnation, it's a slightly yeah. different angle, but mm-hmm. it's actually really funny. It's kind of like, there's a lot of angst in this book, so mm-hmm. I'm like tr- trying to balance the funny with it, and the reincarnation I... is actually part of, believe it or not, the comic relief. <laughs> dead, 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 dead again, and it's not funny. Really dead, so there you go. Not really exactly. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> How well, about you? How'd you do? Well, I started to re-edit my chapters Yay! again. <laughs> I mean, I literally did like a, a physical cut and paste, yeah. actually printed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. You know I what? I'm not even trying that. now. I I'm not that. even trying. You had me do it yeah. the first couple of times, and now uh-huh. it's just totally like I can't help myself. I love it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I printed out, you know, the 60 pages or whatever that I had. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I literally cut the 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 scenes mm-hmm. into like pieces of paper <laughs> I started to rearrange the pieces of paper I mean literally wow. like physically cutting and pasting yeah wow that's dedication yeah mm-hmm. and I plotted the entire book on index cards colored no way index cards. what a yeah. surprise oh my goodness <laughs> Sam Graves has index cards somebody call the media sorry <laughs> It worked really well. That's fabulous. That's yeah. good. Are they color coded index oh, cards? They oh, they absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. are. I was with you. You were doing that on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all the different, you do it color coded differently than me, though. Yeah. I color code yeah. by POV, and you were color coding by um, like yeah. characters, and then you had right. um, had like villain scenes, like intro right, cards. So those are and, yeah. when you mm-hmm. first introduce a character. The introduction to a cards, yep. the colors for those. So that's really very yeah. cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Well, that's good. I feel really good about the mm-hmm. work that we've been doing. I know. Or in my case, the work I've been trying not to do, but still do it anyway. <laughs> So yay me. All right. So now it is time for my favorite part of the whole show. And I really mm. do. I love this part. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. It's killer word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, play along at home, amaze your friends. Yes. And, and I uh, learned. You're going first, huh? Yeah. I learned at the last killer word that Lonnie had whiff for help. Yeah, I do. I do. And, I have a um, special whiffer on the side. It kind of helps me out. Yeah. And so that. this week I got whiff for help. Oh, who's helping you? I'm not going to say. No, I told you who was helping me. <laughs> no, Carolyn. Carolyn oh, sent me a word. Yes. Good for you, Carolyn. Yes. Everybody keeps sending Sam words because I'm getting tons of them and they're good. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. It's not Everybody fair. Everybody sends Sam words. I know. I After know. a while, you kind of run out. You're like the word of the day at Miriam Webster. We've done them all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So go ahead. Knock me okay. out. What you got? Okay. Your word uh-huh. is a flatus. <laughs> okay is a like the article a or it's a flatus like is that the it's the word flatus or no a flatus is the whole word a flatus is the whole word mm-hmm. okay a flatus oh carolyn <laughs> thanks so much for helping her out um i will u f l a t t u s no not even close okay no. and it is the what happens when you throw the pizza up in the air and it kind of is a flat disc? It's sort of <laughs> the pizza dough, right? 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 No, huh? No, not even close. <laughs> All right. Okay, spell it's, it first. It's what spelled it? A-F-F-L-A-T-U-S. Oh, I was not even close. Not okay, even close. <laughs> and according to Carolyn, it means a divine inspiration. And when I looked it up, it said divine communication of knowledge. Oh, Isn't that I a great love word? It. Good job, Whiffer Carolyn. That's fabulous. I love it. I love it. She said oh it to my... me. I'm like, yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. That's a really good. That's 
really good word. It is. I so, love it. Much better than anything I could have picked up. So that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love when the words kind of relate to writing and that kind of thing. It's really yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, let's see. I got to look at this and make sure I can pronounce it. <laughs> oh, great. You ready? <laughs> okay. Recipient. Recipient. All right. R-E-C-I-P-I-C-E-N-T. No. Oh, crap. All right. (laughs) Recipient. It means to receive money. Oh, you know, actually, I wouldn't mind that, but no, that's not what it means. Oh, Um, But that's that's a good guess, though. (laughs) See, recipient. Right. Get it? Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, receive a cent, right? Right, right. Recipient for a cent. I get it. I Mm -hmm. know. Okay. That's very good, but wrong. Okay. Uh So, it's R-E-S-I-P-I-S-C-E-N-T. Oh, good grief. Recipient. And it is returning to one's senses or to a wiser course, reforming. Oh, I like that. Isn't that kind of cool? That's very cool. And I actually, like it's that. what characters do in our, a lot of our books, too. Right. So After really you've had the cool. really bad conflict. Yeah. And then you're just like, okay, i got to think differently about this. <laughs> so I like those. Cool. Those are both really good words. I love really killer good. words. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know about you. It's definitely not time for a refill for me. I think it's water time for me. How about you? How about you? <laughs> oh, you make hey, me Lonnie, drink why don't you drink? Oh, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> See, if we okay. weren't such good friends, this wouldn't work. But yeah. All right. I love it. <laughs> hey, look. You're due a little revenge. As bad as this is, I don't think it's probably as bad as the stout. No. Although the stout was not my idea. I'm just going to put that out there. I was not the one who came up with the stout. Okay. So um, anyway, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Well, the show's almost over and I'm sure you're really sad about that. But now you don't have to wait another week to hear from Sam and Lonnie because we've got websites open 24-7 and ready when you are. Morning, noon, or night. For Lonnie, be sure to stop by the newly redesigned LonnieDianeRich.com, where Lonnie's latest books and news will be regularly updated. Right, Lonnie? Also, don't forget to drop by DogsAndGoddesses.com, where Lonnie is collaborating live on the web with New York Times bestsellers Jennifer Cruzy and Ann Stewart. It's like a reality show with writers, which is really much more interesting than it sounds. So check it out. For more information on Sam, click your way on over to SamanthaGraves.com for her latest news and giveaways. I think she's better about updating. Yeah, that's right. There are also links to her blog, her MySpace page, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Barry author of award-winning futuristic romances and don't forget to stop by at willwriteforwine.com for links to our joint myspace page our cafe press store and all the cool things we talk about during the show by the time you're done with all that we'll be back in a new podcast next week everybody plays and everybody wins oh well it's time for last call you you drink now, although your drink is good. Oh, God. I know. Okay, it's time for last call here on Will Write for Wine. Thanks for hanging out with us. Keep sending in those wine suggestions to us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or post them in the forums. Send good wine suggestions to Sam. Me. 
some good wine suggestions to me too. Damn it. I would have paid 12 bucks to not have to drink this. And if you're half as confused about writing as we are trying to read this paragraph, you need someone to ask. So oh, ask write your own us. damn script then. It's not working for you. Send in those questions uh-huh. to Lonnie at willwriteforwine.com. Wait a minute. Or visit the feedback. forums yeah. at com forward slash forum. Mm-hmm. There's a special topic out there just for questions. Mm-hmm. Address them to Lonnie. <laughs> Plus, you know, we might just have the answer. It's entirely within the realm of possibility. Not likely, but it's within the realm. All right. Yes. Oh, oh no, you're next. I'm next. Next week's show is a special whiffer request. Lonnie's Funky Bird Query Workshop. You got it. It's mm-hmm. just as weird as it sounds. <laughs> so until next time, this is Lonnie. And this is Sam saying, if you can't write for money, then write for <laughs> wine. Good wine. <laughs> Good wine. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Will Ride for Wine is brought to you each week by Lonnie Diane Rich and Samantha Graves. Be sure to hit the website at willwriteforwine.com where you can find great links to everything in the show, news about what the girls are up to, and links to great cafe press merchandise like t-shirts, hats, and mugs. I like the apron myself. Also, don't forget to friend them on MySpace at myspace.com slash willwriteforwine. Music provided by the good folks at the Podsafe Music Network, music.com podshow.com and if you enjoyed the podcast please tell your friends and go vote for Lonnie and Sam at Podcast Alley or write a glowing review at iTunes remember there's good karma out there vote for them at Podcast Alley come back next time as Johnny Depp's soulmate or perhaps Colin first mmm ring any bells or you know the, the soulmate whoever does it for you you get the point anyway thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time right here on Will Write for Wine down on my caffeine consumption so when i get up i just have one cup of coffee and i like to have another cup of coffee with my breakfast and on the way to work I'll-